All right, the Fook, episode number five. <sighs> Thanks to James Lynch for joining me on Tuesday to talk everything UFC Vancouver. The nicest guy in MMA media. Um, thanks to Max Friedman for coming on for episode number one. Of course, I got to have my radio father, Aaron Weinbaum, on the man behind <laughs> L.A. Quincy's Realty. Um, coming to me all the way from Rolla, Missouri. Is that where you're from, Aaron? Yeah, so I, I actually live in a town called St. James, but I, I grew up in Rolla, Missouri. The home of the uh, greatest St. Pat's... Uh, celebration outside of boston probably in the u.s is it is that true is there a reason for yeah. that or is it uh, it's just what, it's, what, it goes back to the school of minds and they just always had a big celebration here man it's a good time let me ask you this is there a big irish population in um in rolla missouri no there are not there's just a bunch of degenerate college uh students that drink beer excellent well that's all that's all you need let me ask yeah. you this. Just I want to get right into it with you. I know you're a busy man. I'm yeah, sure man. you've got Ariel Hawani on the other line. Um, please explain to my audience how you became the, the greatest parody account guy of all time. Man, I have no idea. It all started actually with Dana White. If you remember way back in the day when Dana was super active on Twitter. and Well, let me go back even further. The greatest MMA uh, account, in my opinion – is Adam Hunter's MMA roasted man? He was like the four minute mile of the MMA joke, and so yeah, him and I, him and I had been going back and forth for a while, and I actually did the Dana White account with his permission. I'm like, hey man, I don't want to be doing your stuff. I just think it would be funny if there was just a straight Dana account that made fun of people with seven followers. And uh, what what happened with that account was people would follow me, and I would individually thank them you know in in, in a way that yeah, Dana yeah. could sure sure and of yeah, course so, you're well behind right. by now um the one you're most known for is the Iaquinta Realty account please explain yes. to everybody explained it to me a thousand times I cannot get enough of this story <laughs> uh tell me how it all came about my friend well I will tell you this so Al all credit to Ally Quinta because he's a great sport. He likes the account, obviously. If you if you read his Twitter line, I think his last four tweets has something to do with me. And then um, I just love the guy on TV. You know, the whole F me, boo you thing with Masvidal when, when he won that fight narrowly. And then I believe after that it was the Diego Sanchez fight. And just out of nowhere, he talks about real estate. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And uh, – you know, it just kind of sat with me a few days. The Dana account was kind of getting old anyway because Dana's really never on Twitter. And I thought, oh, I went to Realty. Surely somebody's going to do this. Somebody's going to think of this, right? And uh, I, I got that account together like I was stealing something. And I just grabbed a background. I grabbed a picture of uh, Ally Quinta in a suit. And then I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Just make real estate jokes? This thing's going to last a month. And uh, lo and behold, there it is, and I get an email from the man himself saying, hey, uh, it ha it ha apparently the background had a phone number. I just pulled it off of Google. It's like, can, do you ca he goes, hey, Ray Janelle, do you care to pull that off? I'm like, no, 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 man. And, and, and then I'm like, but, you know, and if there's ever any tweets, you know, that doesn't represent your brand, I'm not here to make fun of you. I'm just here to make jokes, and I'm a big fan. And by the way, is there anyone you want me to mess with? And he's like, KJ Johnson. I'm like, done. 
So, and, and then from there, you know, just a bunch of real estate jokes. I, I, I don't even know how I do it. It's how is real estate funny? Can you please explain again? And I, again, I'll, I'll say this for the second time. You, you've explained this to me before, but it may be the best, best story in MMA podcast history. Yeah. How you got on as Al. Oh. Um, and uh, essentially duped. Uh, some people who may or may not understand what a New York accent is compared to a Midwestern accent. Yeah, so I tried real hard, you know. Uh, well, let's go back to the beginning here. So, like I said, I was messing with KJN Johnson uh, and his producer, Shaquille Marjari, who at the time was, you know, freelance writer for Entertainment uh, Magazine, I believe, in Canada. Now I believe he's with Bloody Elbow, reaches out to me. He's like, hey, do you want to go on the podcast? And it, it, I can't remember what it was called at the time. I think it was uh, the Raging MMA Podcast, and now it's Pull No Punches. That episode's still on there. And to my knowledge, it's still the most well-listened to. Now, here's what happened. I'm like, man, i got to figure out how to do Ally Quinta, his voice, in a week. So I reached out to Adam Hunter, and you know, he, he was just saying, be outrageous, go on there. And so finally, I figured out I can't do it. I, had to, I, I came up – I made a fake Skype account. And if they wanted to do video, I had this whole story made up, you know, why I can't get my video turned on. I was going to act real mad about it. And I get on there, and I, I just talk real quiet, tell them I'm not feeling well, and hoping that they want to believe so badly that I'm Ally Quinta, who at their time would have been their biggest guest, uh, that they will suspend disbelief. And, and they did, and he almost broke me. At the very start of it, he's like, are you sure this is really Al? And then I was like, uh, yeah, yeah. And I, th I think the whole thing ended with uh, – <laughs> I think the whole thing ended with, um, gosh, well, this is great. Are you guys friends now? And I said, no, fuck you. And I think that's when we hung up. So uh, Al Iaquinta <laughs> was blocking Cajun Johnson at the time. I'm not really sure. So – as soon as they put it out on Twitter, I let Al know. I recorded my own podcast with Al. Uh, it's the now archived Aaron Says yeah. What podcast, explaining how he pulled it off. He unblocks KJ and Johnson just to answer his tweet saying, that's not me, you moron, and then blocks him. And sure enough, you know, uh, you're a reporter, Dave. you got to check your resources, or you got to check your sources. you got to make sure. Yeah, yeah. An, oh, an account. Yeah. An account with 800 followers is probably not Ally Quinta, right? Right. No. Right. Especially one with a picture of him with a suit with no shirt on underneath yeah. it. It's yeah. not the most professional looking, you know. It's clearly a parody account. We, we could both yes. agree to that for yes. sure. Is this the now, second the incarnation? Time, did, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say at the time I didn't have to dress it up like one. Somebody kept telling on me. And, and it wasn't now. It, it, it was to the point where I was permanently banned from twitter and i replied to the automated autom automated mail say hey look i'll change what you want me to change but i had permission from the real ally quint to check his timeline and I, I thought it would go nowhere and all of a sudden my account was reinstated but they had to say i had to say it was a fake or a forgery within the title of the name so wh whoever kept yeah. telling on me fuck you you have no sense of humor how do you have who how could you have the kind of time in your life to Report a fake Ally Quinter account. I don't understand that, but um, I just real quick too. Go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I do have time no, because you, honestly, I'll spend like maybe ten minutes a day on it. You know, I'll get a break in the day. Not, and, not, and, not, and, I'm not saying you. I'm saying whoever reported you. Oh yeah, yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. That guy. Fuck that guy. Dude, my favorite one is the Not Coker account. Um, <laughs> how did you come up with the Not Coker account? I'm, I'm, I'm amazed by how fast you are on your feet with uh, your replies from that account. I really am. That's my favorite one. And if you know Scott Coker, if you listen to him at all, it, it makes total sense. Yeah. It's a, it's a totally UG account. For those of you who don't know what that is, that's the underground baby, the MMA underground, my favorite people in all of MMA, the guys that are in the know. So the jokes, he's like the Bob Newhart, you know, and just a real dry, dry guy. So I, I thought I got to do like a Bob Newhart-esque type Coker account, you know, who never smiles. And, you know, I'll congratulate people with that puss on his face saying, man, I'm so excited for you. And, you know, had the picture of straight faced Coker, the 10 year challenge. I'll just do a, you know, a Scott Coker on the left, a Scott Coker on the right. Exactly the same. Um, <laughs> but the best thing about that account, the guys that get those jokes, those are just the real UG guys. And that's why I like that account. You know, even I don't even think it's got a thousand followers. And uh, but it, it's just real underground Bellator stuff behind the scenes, you know, type of things and uh that was another one i came up with and i had a little pressure from someone to take it down that was trying to get a job with bellator because they thought it was him i promise i wouldn't mention any names or retell the story uh, you know using his name and uh viacom was trying to take me down and i'm like they clearly have no understanding of social media presence a bunch of bellator's fighters followed that account and then real quickly unfollowed it so obviously they were getting a lot of pressure funny yeah do you find that um, that uh, any UFC fighters um, follow your Dana Unleashed account? Uh, a few do. Um, golly, Pat Militech, uh Dan Hardy, uh, Matt Brown, I believe, Mitch Clark. Um, got a lot more follow the Alec Iaquinta account, you know, just because, uh, you know, a, a lot of Long Island guys, a lot of UFC guys. Uh, Mick Maynard. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, it's amazing. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, but not That's a ton. Of Dane is just not out there on Twitter enough anymore for people to understand what that account's about anymore. You the know? days I miss the days of unhinged Dana White on Twitter. I really do. Yeah, I do too. He was great, miss, and he'll I'm, still respond to guys like when... "fuck you, dummy," go rent the notebook. Yes. Yes. I see him more active on Instagram now, Aaron. Yeah. Honestly, he's a bit more active. You know, it's not it's not a week unless Dana White is calling one of his customers a big puss, you know, or, or, or you know. But yeah, he, uh, he's called yeah. me. He's called me a big pussy back in the day. I believe it was 2011. It was my first time, my first Twitter account years ago. Um, he called me a huge pussy because I complained about. I'll never forget this. I complained about the start times. Uh, for UFC 112 that was in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Um, yeah. I complained about it on Twitter, and and I got that notification. Dana White replied to you, and, uh, yeah, he told me to, you know, I don't know, something about st- go to bed early or something like that, you fucking pussy. I wish I could find it. I don't even remember the password to that account. But, anyway, Dana bit on Iaquinta Realty the other day. Remember that? Yes, that was great. That was great. Yeah. So I miss the days when my timeline was just full of Dana White arguing with his customers. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I do too. He's better. He's a better fake Dana than I am. 
that, that's true. Yeah, only Dana can do Dana. That's so true. I, 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 do you find that the I Quinter account really works because Al is really actively involved in it? He seems to like it. Yes, I, I, it, I mean, it has to. It, 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 the fact that people still reach out to me and think that it's really him. You know, even yeah, with the account saying it's A1 forgery or whatever it is, uh, yeah, I, I think he's a real key part to this, you know. And, uh, just for the, so just to clarify that Dana thing, so he did like an ask me anything on Twitter and it, he was blasting people left and right. And, uh, this is kind of Ally Quinta Canaan himself because Al is known for trashing a hotel room. I just asked Dana, ever trash, been drunk enough to trash a hotel room? And he goes, yes, <laughs> I think I've done that. So. <laughs> What is going on with our boy Al and Kevin Lee? Those two will not – are they ever going to be done with each other? Yo, I, I don't think Al gives a shit about Kevin Lee, but Kevin Lee can't help but mention him. And so Al responds yeah. every time. I don't know. I, there's no universe where Al Iaquinta, Kevin Lee, three takes place unless one of them is belted up and has racked up a bunch of wins. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a weird true. deal. Now Kevin Lee's talking about coming back down to 155 pounds. Um, I know. Kevin Lee is the greatest um he's the greatest example of why a 165 pound division should 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 actually be a thing cuz yeah. he's not big enough for 170 pounds but he's also he cuts so much weight to get to 155 and he, yeah. he you know for all the Kevin yeah. Lee we give him shit all the time we especially on this podcast but um the the guy can't make it to 155 pounds without getting a staph infection he's also a little undersized for 170 you know I get it, man. And uh, he was on old Chael's podcast this morning talking about he he would go fight uh, Islam Makachev in Moscow or uh, Gregor Gillespie, which I think Gregor would kill him. Oh, God. Please don't, Kevin. Please don't. But then again, he's in that Please weird do. place like where Conor McGregor is. Like, do you like him against anybody right now, honestly? Yeah. He is training with uh, – the only thing is he's trained with Trevor Whitman, and uh, he will or, – or Faraz, sorry, Faraz Zahabi. And, uh, you know, he will make him a better mixed martial artist if if he can learn how to not just go out yeah. there blasting, blasting, blasting. So I don't know. I don't know who I like him against except for, the, like, the lower tier uh, of the card because he breaks in those later rounds. Yeah, he has terrible cardio. Yeah, he he does. Listen – Real quick, talk to me about podcasting made simple. I'm just going to give a little bit of our background. So, yes, the reason why this podcast exists is probably because you've helped me out so much technically. You've always been great with your advice. You, I came on your podcast when you were a blue check mark guy, and I had like 20 followers. I'll always (laughs) say that you helped me out more than anybody, and I appreciate it. So, talk a little bit about podcasting made simple. The thing that you do um, on Twitter, Facebook, you're everywhere with this. Yeah, so you can go to AaronSaysWhat.com, and there's a podcasting made simple tab. What what it is, and now it's kind of a little podcast as well, just a real niche thing. When I was trying to podcast, I, I, I'm like, I can do this. I can do this. So you look up these tutorials, how to podcast, and it's not some guy talking into his phone. It's not some guy talking into a headset in his computer. It's freaking mixers and backup recorders and all kinds of crazy equipment. I mean, it costs you thousands of dollars to do what these guys want you to do. I'm like, well, wait a minute. There's got to be better options. So I found a lower end mixer, uh, you know, a mic, a fifty dollar microphone. And now I, I there's times on the road I use a fourteen dollar microphone. It works just fine. So my message was simply this, you know, 
you if you want a podcast, you can podcast. You can do it with real minimum expense. You know, a microphone, maybe a little two channel mixer. Uh, you know, you can get some cheap headphones. You don't you don't need fifty dollar headphones to podcast. You don't even need twenty dollar pod. You know. Mic or uh, headphones to podcast. You just need to be able to hear the guy on the other end and monitor your sound and maybe do a little editing here and there. So, and then you can record into something cheap like Audacity or even QuickTime on your computer. So, and people just weren't getting that. And I just wanted to help people, you know. So I, I made this video. It's a little bit outdated now because there's even more simple things you can do. Went crazy on YouTube. Uh, of course, you get no credit for it unless you got lots of subscribers. But, you know, it's got tens of thousands of downloads. And long yeah. story short, I've helped a lot of people at very little expense, you know. If you want a podcast, Dave, you could use a USB cheap headset and record right in your computer. You can go to a quiet place and record into your phone and mix that down, put it out there, you know, without getting into too much detail. And it's not very hard to do that. Even a dope like me finally figured out after, you know, about a year. So anybody can do uh, it. Um, there there but, may or may not have been uh, a phone call or two between us, but yes, it worked yes, out, man. Yes, it worked out. I, I, worked uh, out. I think I even helped you out and recorded one of yours on my end just so we could get it out mm -hmm. there. But I'm willing to do that, man. I'm just willing to help you out. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I say, you know, you know what? You know what's a good testament to you, too, is that. I've had a lot of MMA journalists on my podcast, and almost every week one of them will say to me, "Oh, I learned this from Aaron Weinbaum's video, or Aaron Weinbaum told me this." Like you're 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 pretty well known out there, pal. For real? I did, I had no idea. Uh, I you know I, I, think I didn't want to pump your tires too much. You know. I I, yeah. I look at James Lynch's live streams even. I'm like, hey, I'd do that, and I I always wondered if he looks into some of that stuff, you know. But I that's great. Well, who told you that? I'm just curious. That's great. I. Kid on the other day, his name was Max Friedman. He was the last oh, one to say it to me. We were talking, we were talking on background, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I, I forget exactly what it was, but he said I learned that from uh, Aaron Weinbaum." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I know Weinbaum a little bit. I know him just a little bit." Uh, shout out to Max. I like Max. He's uh, he's from St. Louis as well. I, I think he lives in Chicago now. Yeah, that's right. He does live in Chicago now. I forgot you guys are Missouri boys. Um, also, Aaron. You're a big MMA yeah. fan, aren't you? I'm a huge MMA fan. Listen, I'm not, I'm not so much an analyst as I am a fanalist. I'm a fan. I don't act like I'm an expert, but, you know, it's, it's enough to where people want to listen and uh, interact with me on Twitter. So what the hell? Let's, let's, let's talk about it. I've been saving up emails for a month to do, to do an email show with you. Here we go. We're going to rapid fire some emails. Let me ask you this. And this okay. comes from Scott in Nassau, Long Island. He must know you. He must follow the uh, Ally Quinta Realty account. Must be. He's from Long, Long Island. Island. Shout out Long Island. Shout hey. out to Long Island. Go fuck hey. yourself as I sit here in Boston. Um, you know that I got Patriots uh, chastised okay. by a Long Island person because I said in Long Island instead of on Long Island. So there you go. Yes, you were on Long Island, my friend. Yes. You were on Long Island. Yes. What do you think of Jeremy Stevens' career? Overrated, underrated, properly rated? Aaron, I'm going to tell you, I think he's properly rated. I don't think he's overrated. I don't think he's underrated. I think he's properly rated. Aaron? Yeah, you're breaking up just a little bit, but uh, I, you're asking me if Jeremy Stevens is overrated. Man, how could yep. you say that about that guy? Now, he could be on the tail end of his career. He's had a lot of wars, but the guy hasn't fought anyone that's not a killer. 
I mean, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm looking down here. He, he's fought the best of the best, and he's lost to some of the best. You know, Zabit, Jose, uh, Moicano, Frankie Edgar. I mean, these are the guys he's lost to, and he's beaten about everyone else. Lost to the champ, but went all the way to a decision way back. You know, this is what, uh, UFC 194, 2015. Uh, let's not forget this guy's competitive at, at lightweight too before he started cutting down to, um, featherweight. So I don't know how. Yeah, you he was very competitive at lightweight. I believe he also beat Henan Barrow when Barrow was really, really hot. I don't have Google in front of me. Am I right about that? Uh, he beat Henan Barrow. I think, yeah, because Henan was coming up from 135 pounds uh, in May 2016. I did not know that. How about that? Yeah, I remember that fight. That fight sticks out in my mind. Here's another thing about him too, Aaron. Every time he's out there, it's it's fun. He's one of the most fun fighters yeah. to watch in all the UFC. He really is. So who cares? Um, I'd say he's properly rated. Everybody thinks he's a killer, but he's a guy who's just, you know, you'll never get there. Speaking of which, is there any juice for this fucking Mexico card this weekend at all? Um, yeah. I, there are some fights I want to see. It's just one of those deals. There's just too many damn cards, you know. I like Brandon Moreno. I'm excited to see that fight. I think Carlos Esparza, uh, Alexa Grasso is going to be good. And how could you not like the main event between just two absolutely guys are uh, guys are going to bring it, you know? Yair Rodriguez and Jeremy Stevens. You know, as far as the undercard, there's not a whole lot I'm excited for. But way down at the bottom, Sierra Eubanks and uh, Betch Korea. That'll be fun. Yep. That'll be real. That'll be a lot of fun. I agree. Sarge Eubanks is great. I love her. She's a lot of fun. <sighs> All right, Aaron. Um, real quick, um, this comes from Jay in Arizona. Jay, I'm sorry. We're two weeks late answering your email. Who does John Jones fight next, Aaron? Man, that's a tough one. You know, there's a big fight between Weidman and uh, Hayes coming up. Uh, what's, uh, what's his first name? Gosh darn it. That's head- Dominic Reyes. That's headlining the Boston card. Yeah, that's weird. That's a Weidman headlining in Boston. But, uh, you know, that one's out there. A rematch with Tiago Santos is out there, but he's got a long, long rehab against uh, ahead of him. Maybe uh, – Anthony Smith's back in there with another win, but oh, then you got another weird fight. Jan Blockowitz, who I thought John Jones would have yeah. been fighting, yeah. uh, is going against Jockery coming out at uh, 185 pounds. And why not, man? The, the recipe to a title shot seems to be coming up from 185 pounds, getting a win or two in the light uh, heavyweight division. But I, it, it, since they have Blockowitz matched up, it, it's it's a weird fight. I think there might be a little juice for John uh, going to heavyweight. I don't know against who. But uh, it certainly seems a possibility now. If they like money as much as they think they do, um, as much as I think they do, I'd say just throw them right out in there in heavyweight against Francis Ngannou. They, they, neither one of them have either have an opponent. Ngannou's going to have to wait forever because DC's going to fight Stipe again. So he's months, year away from a title shot. There's no real – what's he going to do, fight Curtis Blades again, Derek Lewis? Nobody cares. Nobody wants to see the Derek Lewis fight again. Neither no. one of them have a real dance partner. Why not just do those two? Yeah. Or why not do Curtis Blades and John Jones? I, you know, just some something. I don't know. Because you're right. Curtis Blades will never fight Francis again. Uh, he got beat twice by him, which is a shame because I think Curtis Blades should have beat him. He should have beat him at least that second time, and he just got impatient and got cracked. Sure. Yeah, I don't see a lot for John Jones, right? And does any of those people excite you? Dominic Reyes, John Blakovich. I mean, the only guy who would give you a little bit of excitement is a guy that nobody seems to know a lot about, and that's Johnny Walker. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not sold on Johnny yet. I mean, don't get me wrong, his fights are exciting, and uh, as long as he doesn't separate his shoulder or anything, getting too excited uh, after the fact. But I, I want to see Walker beat someone for real, and I think there might be something to uh, Corey Anderson and Johnny Walker. I don't know if that fight's been officially announced or not. They're talking about it. No, but they're going to do it at uh, Madison Square Garden. Oh, they are going to do it. No. Oh, in November. So, yeah. So, I mean, he beats – if he beats Corey Anderson, then sure. Why not? Because he's very likable. Um, you know, Chael seems to think that John Jones will, won't will sell out an arena whoever he fights. So, I don't know. It's a good question. Guys, real quick, um, could you please talk about what's going on in the welterweight division? That comes from Corey. Mm. That's another New Yorker, Manhattan, New York. Listen – um, the fight breaks down between Colby Covington and Kamaru Usman. Here's my thing. I've said it yesterday. I said it last week. I wrote it last week. December 7th is a free card on ESPN in Washington, D.C. Why not try and get Colby Covington and Kamaru Usman for that card, Aaron? Well, I don't think Kamaru's on board with that. He he wants to be on pay-per-view. He thinks he's a bigger star than he is. And he's a very talented fighter, but nobody is busting down the doors wanting to see Usman. Now, uh, Colby, he's down for that card. He knows more eyes are going to be on him on ESPN than than a shitty ESPN Plus pay-per-view that half of America can't stream. So, right. you know, I, I think Usman's looking for the upfront money. I think Colby Covington is looking for, like, you know, longevity in, in, in the sport, getting more eyes on him. Uh, obviously making more money through his sponsors and and, and that sort of thing. So I, I'd like to see that on ESPN. I, I think we deserve to see a good title fight on ESPN. If they're going to shove title fights all the way, like, in the, in the middle of the day for ESPN Plus, you know, why why can't we get a big one on the biggest sports network in the universe? I agree. This is Christina from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Um, we are entering 12 weeks straight. Of fight week, we have mm. literally twelve weekends in a row, Aaron, leading up all the way to UFC 245, where yeah. there's, a, there's a UFC card on every weekend, good or bad thing. This is bad for me. I've missed two. I've missed two here in the last three weeks because you know I have a life sometimes on, on Saturday nights, and uh, they're on all different parts of the day. And quite frankly, these cards aren't that strong, you know. You you take a few weeks off and you combine some of these big fights together for some stronger cards. I'm down, but it's too much. It, it's oversaturated, and quite frankly, as fans, we're getting spoiled. You know, unless we see something spectacular, we're not really talking about it. You can't even process things. Is my problem? Like, have you even processed the Gaethje Cerrone fight? And we're already at the end of the week where we're going to be weighing in for UFC Mexico. You can't process anything anymore. No, you know, you know, there's. You get really about four or five days to talk about it, and then it's time to talk about the upcoming card, you know. Maybe it's three or four days, honestly, because we're talking about Mexico right now. It's Wednesday. Right. You know, we're we're not – you're right. We're not looking back at Gaethje and Cerrone at all, which, by the way, I mean, that was a no-brainer. I mean, we knew that would happen. That guy fights too often. He cuts too much weight, and he's – you know, he's getting close to 40. Yeah, I know. I do have a Gaethje email. This comes across upon Manchester, England. Um, guys, give me the uh, Dave. Give me the breakdown on percentages that McGregor Gaethje would happen. And I'm gonna. I have no name on it, but thanks, buddy. Um, I'm gonna tell you, Aaron. It's a hundred percent. I think that's the next fight. You think it's gonna be the fight? 
I don't know, man. I, There's a little heat going between Dustin and Connor too right now. So, yeah, I saw, uh, I, it, it seems to me, Aaron, I don't mean to cut you off, that yeah. Connor is much more interested in talking to Dustin than he is to Gagey. Yeah. Um, so, that fight will come down to whoever Connor wants, honestly. Yeah, I just yeah, whoever think that he wants Gaethje, to fight. Gaethje and Conor McGregor is much bigger money. You could do that in Ireland. It makes sense for the rankings because guess what, Aaron? Um, a guy who hasn't won a professional mixed martial arts fight in three years is ranked ahead of Justin Gaethje right now. Yeah, that's crazy. It is crazy. And um, I don't know. You know, I, I think uh, – listen, I love Dustin Poirier. I think he's a great guy. But it's a less dangerous fight than Gaethje for sure. Yep. And honestly, if, if that doesn't happen, if I'm if I'm Poirier, why not, you know, Donald Cerrone? He's coming off a loss. You're coming off a loss. Get get your feet back under you. I, I would, I'd buy that fight in a heartbeat. Yeah, or run back Gaethje. Yeah, that's true. Would Gaethje do that is the question. Because honestly, what? right now, Aaron, all Gaethje has to do is sit out, and he's the next guy no matter what. Yeah, but that doesn't always work out, man. It worked out for Steve Bay. didn't work out so well for Rashad Evans back in the day. Uh, you know, I don't know. I The sit-out thing I don't like so much. But, you know, you may be able to appeal to Gaethje's competitive side because that was a war, and Gaethje came on the wrong end of that. True. <clears throat> um, real quick, hold on one second. Yeah. I'm just trying to find good emails because you people are insane. <clears throat> Uh, this comes from Scott. Sorry, Scott. This came in on September 8th. Um, Aaron, give me the probability that Khabib and Tony Ferguson actually happens. <laughs> well, they're 0 for 5. So, uh, statistically, never. But, God dang. <laughs> it, MMA gods do us this solid. If they got to train in bubble wrap or whatever, uh, make this fight happen. I think it'll happen. I hope it'll happen. But... And I've said that before. I, I want to see that fight, and I hope that fight happens. Um, and I hope it happens this year. I hope it happens on the December card, but I don't think it's going to. Me too. I like. To, I don't want to wait another second. I want that fight booked right now. I really yeah. do. All right. This comes from Storm, and she's in Brooklyn, New York. Dave, please give me the breakdown of the 135-pound division. I'm obviously paraphrasing what she said. Is Algernon yeah. Sterling the next guy? Now that Henry Cejedo is probably fighting Joseph Benitez, Benavides. First of all, Aaron, Henry Cejedo needs to defend the flyweight title next against Joe Ben. That's how I feel. I feel that way too. I, you know, he the guy saved it. Let's give Henry a little credit. He's cringe, whatever this and that. He's brought more interest the in the 125 pound division than uh, Mighty Mouse did his entire career. And I love Mighty Mouse. I, I think Mighty Mouse is a great mixed martial artist, but he's not Mr. Charisma. I mean. Henry, what he's doing, this outside of the box stuff, uh, he saved the division by, you know, not only his mouth, but by going up a killer, uh, against the killer in, in Marlon Marais. So, yeah, I think Aljo's the guy, um, at 135 pounds. Who does he go against? Uh, Peter Jan, or, uh, I don't know. Cruz has been tossed around somewhere in that. We'll see. I don't know. Henry Cejedo, we have to give him credit. I mean, his last three wins are Mighty Mouse, TJ Dillashaw, and Marlon Moraes. I mean, we have to stop. This guy is at least a top six, seven, maybe top five pound for pound right now. You, you know who the real credit goes to? This man is an unsung hero, uh, a man that you know a lot about. 
Captain Eric, come on. Yes. I've tried to reach out to Captain Eric multiple times to write about him and potentially have him on this podcast, but um, to no avail. So I know he's a big fan of the show. Yeah. Please, Captain Eric. Love to have you. So um, listen, Captain uh, Captain Eric doesn't get enough credit because he just looks like this guy in the background that holds Henry's belts and wears the goofy clothes and the goofy glasses, but he was actually yeah. an Army captain. He coaches. He still uh, is. I, I, buddy, yeah, buddy. He still, he is? still is an Army captain. He's the head of all combatives for the Army, he's the head of the combatives program, the same one that I came out of, my friend. He's the head of it. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yes, man. And just what he's doing with Henry Cejudo, I, I, I think Henry wants for nothing because I think he has his camp and his training regimen so organized and built around Henry. And as soon as I knew he was uh, representing Paula Costa as well, I don't think I'll ever pick against that guy ever again. Yeah, he's got Paulo Costa, he's got Henry Cejedo, and don't forget Bellator. He's got uh, Patricio Pitbull, who's also a double champion. Yeah. So, yeah. He's the only guy to simultaneously manage two double champions. Got to count for something, right? Holy crap, that's awesome. Yeah, crazy. Uh, Dave, what do you make of the fact that Justin Gaethje said he didn't start striking until five years ago? If that's true, that's <laughs> fucking insane. Um a lot of insanity. Dave, why don't you write about fighter pay? I would love to uh, write about fighter pay. Um, why don't you? Wait, hang on. Let's talk about this. I don't think I don't think uh, Daniel Cormier was too far behind him learning how to strike. So, <laughs> so mm. they're they're just obviously just Very athletes, great. man. They're just phenomenal athletes. Gaethje's great. He is great. Um, got a lot of crazy emails. Uh, Dave, why not? did you think Todd Duffy quit? Yes. I don't know about you. Did you see that fight, Aaron? I thought I Duffy quit. I didn't, but oh, okay. everyone says he just, he wanted out. And, uh, he was winning, shame. And, then he, and then he was losing a little bit. And yeah. then he just, they got against the cage, and the guy, he just kept telling the ref. And they had, this was pretty cool. They actually had the mics inside, but it was like in the cage, but it was way clearer. You could hear everything. And oh, he, wow. Todd Duffy just kept saying, I need one more minute. I need one more minute. He's like, dude, you only have five minutes. Like, No, you go. don't have five like, minutes. Oh. You don't have five minutes because it, it was an eye poke, allegedly. So you get no time. Mm. You you can either see mm. or you can't. That's true. And then he was like, well, you can call for the doctor. Then the doctor comes in. Doctor's like, are you okay? And he's like, I just need more time. And he's like, uh, okay. And then they called the fight. It was really weird, man. Really yeah. weird. So... Almost Apparently he was going to – go ahead. I have an email on the Bellator ending the Ryan Bader fight the other night, and I wanted to talk about that because that ended yeah. on a weird eye poke too. That was fucking weird too. I don't think he got eye poked there either. By the, by the way, Ariel kind of did a gangster move, so Duffy canceled on him, you know, on his live show. So somehow he yeah. puts it together and he brings in Jeff Hughes. Nah, that's funny. Yeah, that that's was great. hilarious. And Hughes basically said he thought he quit, you know, so good on him. Yeah, he's he's sort of an odd character, this Todd Duffy. You know, he I'll, is. I'll be honest with you. Uh, a couple more. Jeff. Uh, hey, St. Louis, Missouri. All right, man. Where does well, hey. man off? He must know. He must know Aaron. Does Khabib <laughs> rank number one in your, t- in your pound for pound right now? I'm going to say yes, he does. Honestly, uh, to me, uh, top ten rankings are fluid. It's all, it's like the college football poll. It's who looked the best in their recent outings. John Jones uh, did not look great against Tiago Santos, and Khabib yeah. is yet to be touched. And in my opinion, he's moved to number one, Aaron. Listen, I think pound-per-pound rankings are stupid. 
I, you want to, but you want to pick greatest fighter, greatest all around fighter. How can you not? How can it not be Habib? I mean, he stopped everyone short of Ali Quinta. Um, yeah, he's got he's got to be. He's the most dominant fighter. I think he has to be right. He's never had a moment like Jones has had against Tiago Santos. No, he certainly well, never, never had a moment like Jones had against Alexander Gustafson, where I still believe it was criminal that he lost that fight, that yep. he won that fight. Excuse me. And Habib has never even been threatened. I don't care about Conor McGregor, what you want to say about that fight. Habib beat the living shit out of him. And honestly, I don't see it going any different against Tony Ferguson either, Aaron. I don't either. Um, You know, Tony may take him down, maybe. But what's going to happen in those scrambles? Uh, But, you know, you never know. If, If Tony's quick enough to keep that distance, you know, using his punches and his kicks you know he's very dynamic he moves real weird but i think eventually khabib puts hands on you know dustin knew what was coming and he's like i can't get this guy off me because you know these guys yeah. can watch as much tape as they want they can prepare uh I, I i think just the way khabib puts hands on you is different than anyone else in the sport i don't think he's one of those guys that and we've all been there in our lives you know i've got plenty of training partners like that where just they can do whatever the hell they want with me, and you don't. You can watch as much tape, theorize everything, but until you're underneath that guy, you don't know how it is, man. You know? Yeah, yeah. Guys, what do you make of the bad motherfucker title between Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz? And that comes from Los Angeles, California, and that's Ashley. Thank you, Ashley. We love diversity here. I'll, I'll tell you, uh, I'll be honest with you, Aaron, I don't like it. I would what? rather them just open up the – let me finish. I would have rather them just open up a 165-pound division oh, and get yeah. the title there. Or, or, and I would have had no problem with this, I would have had no problem with them stripping Kamaru Usman of the title because he didn't want to defend it. Yeah. Um, I love Nate and uh, Masvidal both, but I don't know that the real, real contenders in those top three, you know. Uh, Certainly not. Certainly not. No. You know, he did the exact right strategy against Ben Askren that nobody could figure out in 19 fights. Uh, why not, you know, why not knee him into it you know, when he's shooting a double A? Why not? You know, and I don't know how that, why no one hasn't done that before. Um, Nate, Nate's hot and cold. Uh, this was a Nate that clearly trained, but he's never been a Nate that clearly trained for two fights in a row, not in a long, long, long time. Uh, and yeah, you and I made the same joke, I think, at about the same time. On Twitter, why not just make a 165-pound belt? So I, I did forget yeah. about that. Uh, yeah, I like it for the novelty, but I, I would rather have seen a uh, 165-pound belt. If either one of these guys wins this fight, it goes up against Kamaru Usman. Are you going to pick him against Usman? Of course not. Of course no, not. Not a prayer. And Especially the thing is, is that if Nate wins, if he does, and I'm I'm not sure that I'm not going to pick him. I think I might pick him if he's motivated. I mean, do you really think he's going to be able to stop even a Tyrone? Would, would he even be able to beat Covington? No. Co- Covington's underrated. I mean, yeah. he was just like a better version of Usman. Those punches and, and those just the pressure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see Nate matching up well against any of that. I don't see... You know, Masvidal maybe maybe so because he he can grapple. You know, he he yeah. did get yeah. he did get bested by Damian Maya, but you know, grappling wise, huh? 
Who right, doesn't? Does. I mean, Damian Maya gets gets over on everybody pretty much, you know. Except for Colby and uh, Kamaru, you know. Yeah, and in that Kamaru fight, he had Kamaru. He had the hooks in. They got stood up for some reason. He still could have beaten him, no problem. But whatever. Um, yeah, I forgot about. That. Yeah, I'm not even sure. Just looking at the ranking, I'm not even sure I'd like either one of them against Leon Edwards the way he's looked. <laughs> Leon Scott. Yes, Leon Scott. We actually have an email about. <laughs> Hey, Dave, how long before Leon Edwards is fighting for the welterweight title since nobody can get their shit together? I don't know. That might it happen. Could be. Who knows? Well, now, now <laughs> you have uh, – I mean, now's a better chance than any. If this Covington-Usman uh, fight does not get made in the interim here, yeah, I think Leon's got to be – he's got to be next against one of those guys, you know? And I don't know which guy's holding out. I hear different things, but – yeah, why not? Why not, Leon? Here's what I know. Here's what I've heard. Covington rejected the first offer. They said, okay, go fuck yourself. They yeah. grabbed Masvidal and said, okay, we'll do Masvidal and Usman. And Usman said, no thank you to that. So they both yeah. turned it down against different people. Um, Kamaru Usman was supposed to go to Abu Dhabi to be a guest commentator. They told him, nope, don't come. We strip you of that. Then I figured they were going to strip him of the title right after that, but they didn't. So, um, Wow. We'll see what happens. I found it interesting to hear today, too, that um, Colby Covington fired Dan Lambert as his manager. Found that oh, there. no way. Yeah. Well, he was just talking him. about him like he was the greatest thing ever. And yeah. there's rumors he didn't yeah. pay Dan either, so I don't know about any of that. Yeah. You know? So I'm, I'm guessing he's going to leave uh, American Top Team. And, um, well, interesting development there. Well, that I don't uh, like. I, yeah. I, that doesn't, you know. Me neither. I don't know where he would go. I don't know who would take him. He, you know, huh? Interesting. It's not a podcast between me and you unless we take a Dylan Dennis question. Dave, who? can you please admit that Dylan Dylan Dennis? Dylan um, Dylan Dylan Dennis? Yeah. Yeah, Dylan Dennis. He's a mixed martial artist who doesn't have a weight class. He's oh. also the business partner of Scott Coker. Um. Huh. When are you going to admit that Dylan Dennis is the best grappler in the world? I, I don't know. I mean, when he could beat Gary Tonin. Yeah, I, I still go Gary Tonin. There's a lot of guys. Uh, Huda Ferreira is very good. Um, you know, Rafael Lovato Jr. is very good. There's a bunch of guys I'd put ahead of Dylan Dennis, honestly. Didn't Tonin beat him? Yeah, I think it was at a jiu-jitsu cup. Yeah, yes. he's not the best grappler. He's not the best grappler in MMA because he hasn't actually fought in a weight class that exists in MMA. I'm not even sure he's the MMA. best grappler in Bellator. No. I, well, how would we know? I mean, these guys he's fighting, no. Coker finds them at Arby's parking lots and recruits them. He's just a guy. He's just a guy who's never going to fight for anything, and he's just going to be a sideshow. That's what he is. Here's the thing. I don't actually dislike Dylan Danis. I like to make a lot of jokes at his expense, but why not ride the wave? He's getting all these opportunities. You know, sure. what, what, why would he do anything any differently? Um, I don't he understand. Is, he is the only guys... guy to uh, touch up Khabib. So, yeah, that's right. That. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, does he eventually fight 175 or 170 pounds? Is that, can he make that weight? It's just weird that all his fights are at this Dennis weight, uh, 175. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, one last one. I'm looking for a doozy here. Oh, boy. Um, 
Dave, when are you going to start putting the screws to Bellator for being maybe the worst mixed martial arts promotion in North America? Listen, um, I don't disagree right now. It's not good, Aaron. It's not good for Bellator right now. I just this. They're supposed to have a big fight in Dublin this weekend. It looks like James Gallagher's opponent, Cal Ellerson, excuse me, yeah. Ellerson is out. Um, so, yeah, um, the big event in Dublin, no opponent. Um, I did mm. put my name in the hat, but, you know, just ha. the fact that I've participated in no athletics for the past six months and done nothing but eat chocolate chip cookies, Scott Coker actually told me I did meet, not meet the standard for mediocrity. So, uh, next wow. time, maybe. That's tough. Yeah. Oh. We talked about this Bader Congo fight, and we were both like, we don't really care. We didn't care. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yes, Chuck Condo is not great. I, I it went about how I thought it would go, except for the eye poke ending, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah. you know, he does good. Well, let's put it this way: King Mo handled Chuck Congo. King Mo, who could probably fight at 185 pounds, um, Congo was never going to be any good against a wrestler unless he. You know, magically gets hands on him. Um, what? Why they had such? They had obvious bookings. Okay, okay. Masasi just lost. Okay, uh, Machida just won. So they're putting them together at middleweight. Whereas Machida just beat Chael at two hundred and five pounds, and Machida has a dominant win over Bader. So the matchmaking here is crazy. He has. I don't think he's defended the light heavyweight belt in over a year. I, yeah, I don't think he's made the weight since June of I, – I have to look it up, like 2018 or something crazy. So I don't know. It's crazy. I, I Why wouldn't he not have defended that 205-pound belt? It's insane. I, I don't know what – I never understand what they're doing over there. Never. And it's, so, it's slowly fading away from, from my mind. Honestly, it is, man. Um, Aaron, Do you think he can make 205 pounds still? Oh, sorry, man. Go ahead. Who, Bader? Bader? Yeah. Probably not. He'll probably end up relinquishing it, but they don't do anything with it because, I mean, honestly, what are they going to do? Who's going to fight? If he doesn't fight for it, who is going – if they opened it up right now and said, okay, we're going to do a light heavyweight Grand Prix, who the fuck's going to be in it? Okay. Alexander I, Gustafson? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, want, he wants Luke Rockhold. Uh, okay, I looked it up. Yeah. He has not made championship weight. At 205 pounds since November 2017, almost two years. Right. I don't, I don't know. See it happening it, now, but again, go ahead. I don't know. No, I don't know. I, 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 he says he wants to, but that doesn't mean he can. You know, like even Chael, who went all the way down to 185, you know, he said he had trouble making 205. You know, these guys get older; they don't do it for a while. Neither one of them had. You know, he hasn't had to diet in how long? Yeah, years now. Yeah, years. Okay. I don't know. Belter's good. It's got some novelty lights here and there I like to see. But uh. If he relinquishes it, who's going to fight for it? There's nobody there unless, you know, who's leaving the 205 division in, uh, in the UFC who's washed up? You know, maybe Luke Rockhold and Alexander Gustafson will, you know, fight for the vacant one, you know, um, still got soon. You still yeah. got Mr. Wonderful over there kind of hiding out. Uh, yeah. But he, he, he's just kind of – he. I, I don't know. Well, I, I like Musasi at 205, by the way. He's one of those guys that yep. was very, very competitive. Uh, I, I think he went down on a win uh, just because he thought he would get a title shot faster at 185 pounds. So Musasi's super underrated. I think they're the he's the best athlete they have on the roster right now, even though he did just lose. 
Yeah, I like Mustafi a lot. I've always liked him. There was a time I was calling him the best middleweight in the world of, of any in any in any promotion. Why not just do Mustafi versus Bader? Doesn't that make the most sense business wise too? I don't know. I I think Machida does a little more just because he's got a win over him. But why not? I mean, either one of those fights would have been better than Congo. I mean, Ryan Bader versus that TJ guy would have been better. Oh, he's your friend. Sorry, but uh, what's his last name? TJ uh, Hall. No, my friend. Uh, yes, uh, TJ uh, Hall. No, TJ yeah. Jones. TJ Jones. Yeah. I've, <laughs> Sorry. I've written Sorry, about TJ. him. He's not a friend Sorry. of mine, but I've written about yeah. him. He's a good okay. guy. He's, you know, deserves his respect. But he doesn't like Ben Askren, though. does not like Ben Askren one bit. Mm-mm. Oh, well, fuck that. Um, right. Um, listen, buddy, 50 minutes of your time. I know you're a busy man. Drop your yeah. Twitter accounts. For people who don't follow you, if they don't, they're insane. Where can they follow you? Man, you can just go to AaronSaysWhat.com and everywhere you want to find me. Uh, you know, if you're in the MMA Fight Picks podcast, if you're into podcasting made simple, or you just like uh, goofy jokes about real estate, uh, you can find me, AaronSaysWhat.com. You're the best, brother. As always, no, you're the you best, man. Thanks for having me on. Hey, by the way, congratulations hey. on your new job. Awesome. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Uh, more to come on that. And, uh, shit, I'll be, uh, full time in it in less than a couple of weeks now. And, and uh, awesome. yeah, who, who says that you couldn't turn a dorky habit or uh hobby into a uh, real job? I don't know. But, yeah. Y- yeah. Uh, honestly, uh, uh, you played a small part in it, I'm sure. So I appreciate that, brother. Well, Me? No. Me and you I didn't do anything, yeah. man. I swear. No, no, man. You, you were hustling, buddy. You were hustling. I hustle. I try, man. I appreciate everything you've ever done for me, man. On on, on the realist, on, I'm being as real as I possibly can. I, I know we're not going to get too mushy. You'll probably be calling me an asshole on Twitter for something in an hour anyway. But uh, <laughs> thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Best of luck to you. Best, and I'll talk to you soon. I will talk to you soon. Bye, buddy. Bye.